Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. April is National Poetry Month. And a lot of the times when people tell you that, they'll usually also mention the T.S. Eliot poem that opens with that line, April is the cruelest month. And if you read the next couple of lines, it's clear. It's about how much it sucks and how much it hurts to live surrounded by death and loss, something the poet Ocean Vuong knows a thing or two about. His latest poetry collection, Time is a Mother, deals with his grief after losing family members. And he tells NPR's Rachel Martin about the importance of preserving beauty when fighting for your life. And just a heads up, this conversation does touch on the subject of suicide. Here's the interview. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Get your quote at Progressive.com and see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. The writer Ocean Vuong has this ability to describe the parts of the human experience that are indescribable for most of us. He does it again in his latest book of poetry called Time is a Mother. It's his first since the death of his mother from cancer in 2019. And that's where we started our conversation, that most universal kind of loss that is so different for each of us. I think for me, it was it was hard to believe that someone could vanish. Um, you know, the, the, the worst moment for me came actually two years after she was gone. And I realized what many people have already realized was grief is not linear. And I thought I had it all figured out. I was so smug in my, in my healing that I thought, you know, two years gone, I, I can, I'm teaching again, I'm writing. And then one day I woke up in the middle of the night, two in the morning, and I thought, oh God, I got to tell my mom this thing. I have this brilliant idea I want to tell her. And I get out of bed, I go all the way downstairs in the dark, like a, you know, like a madman. And I turn right into my living room, turn on the light, and I just gasp. And I thought, gosh, she's gone. And I just sat down and sobbed. I wanted to run in every direction at once and just call for her. And I think when we lose, particularly a parent, we realize that we are children again. You know, they they were always our North Star. We looked to them to know where we stood. And so there was this vacuous space. And I think the only thing I could do was go back to poetry, which was the, the form where I had most pleasure. I wanted to face that blank page and fill it with uh, uh, an innovation that led me to, you know, the rest of my life. I mean, yes, you focus on the inevitable darkness of grief, but also how that grief is reconciled through resilience and even moments of joy that they must coexist, right? What I didn't expect was a truly universal sensation of losing one's mother. I'm skeptical of the universal, you know, I'm skeptical of, of how true it could be. But when it comes to watching your mother take her last breath, I thought, wait a minute, this is what so many sons and daughters and children have experienced since the beginning of our species. 
they they felt this moment and it made me you know realize when i was having a bad day or having a rough day at work i look at someone and i said oh they lost their mother already or if it's someone much younger i said they're going to lose their mother and as all of a sudden i'm just so close to them i said that's the bridge that's the bridge where we will meet each other eventually it makes you kinder in a very a very fundamental way where do you think we see that most vividly in this particular collection there's this one moment it's a li- a very simple poem a list poem and just called reasons for staying i lost my uncle who's also in this book you know this book is full of ghosts i lost my uncle in 2012 to suicide um he had had a long struggle with mental illness which runs in our family and you know i i wrote this poem it's it's as a list which is the the most simplest forms of poetry and i wanted to name the things that made me stay on this earth when one of the lists it was just watching my mother put on blush in front of the mirror before heading to chemotherapy and to me that moment is such a thesis i think for the rest of my life and for everything that i've done which is when you're trying to fight for your life you're also fighting to to preserve beauty like you could still control how you look even as your body is falling apart and there's something so human to that you know she taught me so much just watching her prepare to go to chemotherapy and i said if i'm lucky enough i want to live my life so that i can be this careful to myself and be this powerful even when I'm ill or sick and so much is out of my hands. Throughout the book there seems to be this tension around time, right? The past and the future. Is it a generous force? Is it a negative force in your life? Oh, it it's all of the above. It's also disorienting. Um it's also malleable. you know i think i wanted to name my book time as a mother because i didn't think it was true that we should always gender it in the male form that we've traditionally have as a culture father time stops for no one and to me time is much more motherly because it gives birth to the present everything we do is made possible by the capacity of time to hold us and when i lost my mother i realized that my life has been lived in only 2 days today when she's gone and then the massive vast yesterday when she was with me i no matter how much how many weeks or months have come since i lost her i can't count them they don't feel like a discernible individual time units other than just two days this mm. great demarcation of absence and presence i mean when you sit down to produce to build to create art are you fixated on the yesterday can you shake it it's the the name of the job you know i think it's the job description and a lot of folks ask me how can you be so vulnerable in your work how can you look at difficult histories personal and political and historical and keep going how do you take care of yourself and i said i signed up for this you know i don't think it's a burden to to look at everything that is human 
the joys and the difficulty. I'm not saying it's for everyone. I'm also not saying it's the hardest job in the world. But this is the task at hand, is to not turn away from the light and the dark. And that is the poet's job. Ocean Vuong's new book of poems, Time as a Mother, is out tomorrow. If you or someone you know may be considering suicide, contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com NPR. Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP, always designing for people. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. Like, not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. <laughs> dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.